in these unique times, Augusta Ollie can make a difference. Please buy our custom merch today at Augusta Ollie's store on bonfire.com. You could you could buy our merch with a with, with a 20% off with the code Augusta Big Sale. So come all to Augusta Ollie store at Bonfire to get our merch. And it's 20% off. So hurry up and go get it down. Welcome to this week's Augusta Ollie podcast. Anyway, anyway, my partner, my partner, my co-host is, is busy. He will be in time for the Dynamite review. So let's start with AW Elevation recap. We got Escalibur, Menard, call for the addition of Elevation. Anyway, Dante Martin defeated Wesley Bar- Barkley. Martin planted Barkley with a nosedive finisher for an easy win. My thoughts on this, they're building up wins for Martin, which it makes sense because they have something planned for Dante Martin, and I probably can't wait what it is. Anyway, we got Julie Hart defeated Ari Alexander. Hart hit on Stanley Musa, lock in her heartless lock for submission win. My thoughts on this, my thoughts, uh, let's see. Hart, they're building up Hart, like, with reps and stuff. I think Julia Hart is a good signing for AEW. She'll showcase what she can do. Let's hope it, uh, Maria Shepard, Nia Rose defeated Queen Amita and Sky Blue. Shepard hit blue with a nasty German super, followed by Shepard Rose hitting an assistant DET. Yeah, they definitely messed up on. But they got the win regardless. My thoughts on that, they didn't mess up the DET. But there were some progress with Maria Shepard, but still, she was a bit of a terrible wrestler. So, uh, yeah, though they paired up Shepard and Rose for a good reason. Understanding. Anyway. <laughs> Matt Hardy versus RSP. Mario Hardy weighs wings in the middle of the robe. Land elbow, followed by twist of fate for the win. Nothing came from it from the party party situation for now. That's probably my thoughts. All this sort this Matt Hardy matches are building towards my party party and Matt Hardy. So let's see what it develops. Okay, we got Saria D defeated Katie Arquette. D blocked in the flying octopus. Hold early. Arquette fought out of it. Deep then locked in the Serenity Lock soon after a quick tap. My thoughts that they're building back up Saria Deep. That's nice. Let's hope she, they do something with Saria Deep or any other women. Okay, we go to Kazarian defeated Adrian Gretchel. Kazarian locked in the crossfit chicken wing at the lead drop to get the win in his first appearance since late June's Royal Rampage match. My thoughts on this, like. It's been a while since they used Kazarian. And, but he did sign a contract at AEW, so Kazarian's pretty much staying, so I just want to see him put him to good use. Yeah. So, anyway. We have Roosh, the Blade, the Butcher, defeated Chase Oliver, Elijah Dean, and Zach Nystrom. Rush getting to the back of the match with a drop kick in the corner to pick up the win. My thoughts. They're building Roosh and Andrade Ido into a uh, to a big faction. I don't know what's their what faction they're playing. Is Inagro and Ibre? 
I don't know what's the, what bitch are in the blaze involvement. So I don't know. So I'm hoping there's some development into that. Okay, we go into the main event. Shida versus I mean Sakura. I mean she had defeated I mean, Sakura to retain the Regina D Wave title. So let's talk about let's talk about it. The title of contention is Regina D Wave Bell from Japan's Pro Wrestling Wave. Shida won the title by defeating Zuzu Suzuki early this month. The match was put into motion on last Monday's show. Sakura came out of the gates hot, hit a huge clothesline, then pulled Sakura's hair to drive her head into the turnbuckle. The action went inside outside where Shida pulled out a chair, went for the set down, offered it. Sakura caught her in the air, hit a back suplex on the same Back in the ring, Sakura connected and apologized. Moonsault for near falls both times. She had fought her way back into the match and opened up her shirt. Tepe Sakura to change in a chopping contest. Sakura tried to use ref and the shield and poked the eyes of Shida. Sakura tried to hit, hit Queen's Gambit, but Shida keep getting out of it. She contacted with a big wheel right elbow that set up a running knee. Near falls, she had followed up with a katana spinning kick to the head for the win. So... My thoughts on that match was a pretty good title match with Sheeta building towards winning this fatal four way for the interim championship, women's championship, all out. It makes sense, but it was still a good championship. So, here's my final thoughts on Elevation. It was a fun, super fun show, got some got points across. Everything I needed to happen did happen. I see so many dark shows with no story elements, so there's no reason to care. But on this show, they push private party, Hardy Angle, and the main event could a championship. I always love to see stuff like this. Should be a fun start to all out week they had planned. So we got. Now we go to the AEW Dark Recap. The AEW Dark Recap. So let's start with John Silver defeating Jericho. So let's see. Silver. His spectacle takedown, followed to perfect draw kick. So he, he tossed Snake Man around, going to pillar post. Proctor Luther get involved, Rev Assaulted, allowing his spectacle to catch his breath, nails Silver a drop, super kick. The match went on, spectacle didn't maintain the control for the longest long as Silver, where he began to aim momentum. At the nail, a few super kicks, while Laird Silver defeated spectacle to him with a doctor bomb. Now, Silver now prepared for the trial. Friday's trio title tourney match, semi-finals match, loss of Reynolds, and 10 against the best friends. My thoughts, it makes sense for him to win this match. He has a trio semi-final match going for him, so it makes sense. We got Diamond defeated Charlotte Renegade with Robin Renegade. My thoughts that, yeah, it makes sense for Diamond to win the match. This is a return, so they might do something with Diamond. So anyway, let's let's get into something. We got Angela Parker with Matt Menner defeating Gus De La Vega. So Parker had an elevated DT on Vega for a quick victory. He is he's built this to challenge the Tibetanal champion hook next is probably early this week this weekend. So I cannot wait. Then we see later Parker Menner cut a promo backstage about Hook essentially calling him a pretty boy while threatening to steal his hair gel bag. This was absolutely phenomenal. So my thoughts on this that yes, this is gonna be Parker versus Hook at the zero hour all out. So yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> we got Kira Hogan defeating Milo Milo, whatever. Milo hit by a headlock to Hogan early. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon of the endings on a grand roundhouse kick for the pin. My thoughts is a squash. It got it boosted Hero Hogan's winning record. And that's all I have to say. The Trustbusters defeated Logan Cruz, Tyler Shaw Press, and Hermano. This was basically a squash trios match, nothing more. We saw some we saw performances from Bordex being a monster. It makes sense. It very well was. Julia Hart defeated Vicky Dreamboat. Hart nailed Dreamboat with nasty elbow. Then Hart submitted Dreamboat without Sandra Heartless submission. So my thoughts on that match. Uh, once again, they're building Julia Hart to to beat Vicky Dreamboat, and it makes sense. Anyway, let's go to. Kayla Ross defeated Vapress. Okay, Marissa wins when hits a fallaway slam. Musa combination for the victory. My thoughts on that match Kayla Ross returns and they're building up a CAD record for Ross. They're doing rest for her, reps for her, which makes sense. She's developmental. The Rossi Bonds defeated Rosara Gorilla, Dean Alexander. It was a good matchup. The Blondes hit a spine bus rock hit for the victory. Made sense. And my thoughts, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, the blonde, the, the varsity Blondes needed a win. They get more aggressive. They needed a win. Okay, we got Dante Martin defeating A.R. Fox. My thoughts, this was the best night of the match to the point. It was not even close. Like... The match ended when he like, outsmarted folks in his pop move and popped himself for a nosedive and scored in the victory. It made sense. And basically, that's my thoughts. But AEW needs to sign AR Fox. He's good with developmental talent. So we got some Brock Anderson versus the de- defeated Tyson Maddox. We got some Anderson worked down, targeting Arn. Made quick work of him with a spine buster for the win. My thoughts, they're making Brock Anderson for Ring of Honor, and that makes sense, so I see him going to Ring of Honor. Okay, we got the Workhorseman beating also Manny Lowe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. My thoughts, this this team is, is set up, this team is setting up to face, it's, it's set up to go to Ring of Honor. That's most likely having happening. So, anyway. Then we got then, yes, yeah, the match after the match, Drake Anthony cut a promo, dressed Drake leaving the wingman. Eh, it's pretty much. So we got Lady Great defeat Rachel, Ray Michelle. My thoughts: This was the build, pad of record for Lady Gray. His personal involvement in a, in a stable with Jay, Jay Cargill and and Red Velvet and the other girl, the lesbian girl. Anyway. So we go on to Roosh defeating Blake Christian. Honestly, I'm going to tell you this. Chris took it to Roosh early on. This was a great matchup. Like, the match ended when like he, when Christian hit a 10 to 450 splash. Roosh got up last second and clopped all hard with an acid look headbutt. Followed up with Stinshirt. Riley Jockey finishing for the win. My thoughts with that match. Well, honestly, this was a good main event. It shows showcase Blake Christian as a as a big star for Ring of Honor. Roosh is most likely staying to AEW full time, so I'm fine with that. 
Alright, we're going to Dynamite Mount now, and my co-host is coming back right about now. Alright, let's do the Dynamite Recap. In these unique times, Augusta Ali can make a difference. Please buy our custom merch today at Augusta Ali's store on botfire.com. You could you could buy our merch with a with, with a 20% off with the code Augusta Big Sale. So come on to Augusta Ali store at Bonfire to get our merch. And it's 20% off. So hurry up and go get it now. Alright, let's start the dynamite review. Okay, to the dynamite review. Alright. John Moxley kicks up the show. The crown chance for CM Punk. Moxley thinks they're still mopping Punk off the floor in Cleveland. He says people used to call Punk the modern 60-minute man. He had 57 minutes left in him last week, but Punk didn't. He says he pushes everyone he claims to be a hard soul at UW final find out what they're made of. Moxley says Punk has a fragile ego, weak mind, weak spirit, fragile body. Tough business, dude. Sorry, Moxley says, is what it is, and we move on. Moxley pulls out a contract, says an open contract track for Eddie Challenger. He's in the ring for where he wants to take. He says, wrestling Moxley is a hazardous to your health, and where he wants to We saw a seal head to the ring and pick up the contract, take it to the back. What do you think of this segment? Yeah, it was good. Obviously, any uh, John Moxley promo segment is going to be a good segment. But uh, I guess uh, this kind of highlighted like how um, important John Mox is to the locker room. Obviously, he had like that shooty vibe against CM Punk, you know, and all that. Um, and I mean, I'm sure John Mox, in case they've uh, offered that contract to anybody other than CM Punk, and it's interesting that. Uh, What's his name? A Steel, you know, picked it up, you know. And eventually, we would find out why he picked it up and the reasons for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Backstage, we got Chris Jericho says the American Dragon versus Lionheart is a dream match for most, but a nightmare for Danielson. Jericho missed that Owen and Stu Hart may have appreciated Danielson's skill, but a bit more than his, but they would respect all his accolades more than Danielson's. We saw Daniel Garcia apologizing to Jericho, pledges a loyalty to JAS. Garcia said he'll know, you know, Jericho will beat Danielson. He doesn't need to cheat to beat Danielson. Jericho thanks Garcia. So, what do you think of that the, the small segment backstage? Yeah, it was, uh, it did what it had to do. Obviously, uh, I, I kind of emphasized the fact that Daniel Garcia was. You know, beforehand, we were thinking that he was torn between the two. He eventually would choose Chris Jericho in that segment. And the surprise of the many, obviously, everybody wants Daniel Garcia to choose Brian Danielson's side and be part of the BCC because, at least to us, uh, he seems more of a technical wrestler, more of a type of Brian Danielson's, you know, way, you know, the way of style, the style of professional wrestling. But he chooses Chris Jericho to the surprise of everybody, and I guess uh, it did what it had to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Brian Danson defeated Jake Hager. There's a post match 2.0 attack Danson until Claudia Castanoli and Wheel Utah even the odds. 
Jericho run down to the ring with a chair, but Danson Garcia, I mean Daniel Garcia, runs down, takes the chair from him. Garcia argues with Jericho. Jericho turns around to a flying knee from Danielson. What do you think of the match and the post match? Yeah, um, I thought the match was really good. I I know people really hate on Jake Hager and the way that he wrestles and all that. And like in the pandemic, obviously he was one of those boring guys or whatever. But I think he's a really good wrestler. Uh, yeah, I went to AW Revolution in 2020, and he was an opening match of the of the pay per view. Uh, Jake Hager with Dustin Rhodes, and I really liked that match. Because, and it was a, a lot, you know, it put over Jake Hager a lot. A lot that it was his first match in AW too, so there you go. But like, I think he's a really good wrestler. Honestly, uh, he might be boring to a lot of people in that, like the style of like, like he doesn't have an exciting style. He he's not the style of like Kenny Omega or something like that. But uh, what he does is, I think, is like what wrestling would look like if it were actually real. And uh, I think that's the priority and anything. But, you know, I think, uh, obviously, um, Brian Dennison was going to get the win here. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, like, what will happen? What's going to happen at the Jericho versus Dennison match? The Jericho Dennison match? I think uh, eventually Chris Jericho is going to win because I think there's kind of a pattern. Um, eventually, Chris Jericho surprises at pay per view matches. I, I, I personally, I, I know what people say on Twitter or whatever. I don't think uh, they our Twitter says that you know Chris Jericho matches are boring and all that. But event when they actually see those matches, Chris Jericho matches are very, very like fun. They're really good, honestly. And and he's he's as much of a wrestler as Brian Danielson is. As, John Moxie is and all those people. I think uh, Chris Jericho is going to get the win, and I don't know what that would mean for Daniel Garcia and his allegiances. Maybe it kind of solidifies him as a Chris Jericho guy, or maybe. Well, I think the mere existence of you know the Daniel Gar- or the Brian Dennison against Jake Hager match, and Brian Dennison getting that win before you know the pay per view, kind of spoils the match results. Is Brian Danielson getting his win before losing at the big pay-per-view match? I think that I think that's the way the AEW books things. I think that's the way a lot of people book things. So uh, I think uh, Chris Jericho is gonna win. Uh, but in terms of the allegiances of Daniel Garcia, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. All right. All right. The way on the ring. The hottest, sexiest hunks in AEW. All right, the women are in the ring. Ryan Neff says they are the hottest, sexiest hunks in AEW. We saw the return of W. Morrissey comes out and beats them all down. Then we saw Stokely halfway walks out hands and hands him his card and left together. So what? What do you think of the segment? Yeah, um, I think uh, I've always liked the women. I thought, I mean, they should be your resident jobbers, and I think that's what they are. You know, like what's uh, what's his name? Well, you know, like the NWA's and the in the eighties had their like. Uh, Rocky King was one of those jobbers. The Mokis was another one. Like people that could work, but that always are. You know, they're gonna lose. You know, they're gonna make the you know the star look good, and that's what the what the wingman did right now here. You know, and it's W. Morrissey, and apparently he's debuting. You know, I think he's contracted. I don't know if anybody 
kind of confirm that or whatever. I think W. Morrissey is contracted. Obviously, he came, he was at AW once as a, as a, whatever, as a storyline thing. But now I think there's a contracted thing where, uh, you know, he tagged the wingman and then got offered a, you know, business card by Stokely Hathaway. Honestly, if you want me to give me, give you your, uh, you know, my truth feelings about this, Go ahead. Either, Go ahead. I, I've, I've never really, you know, been impressed by W. Morrissey. Obviously, he looks good or whatever. Uh, I think there's an attempt to kind of uh, prevent him from going to WWE, if I'm being completely honest. And obviously, it's a smart move business-wise so that WWE doesn't, uh, you know, prosper with him. But uh, I don't, I mean, you have the... So the sink guy, the 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 big tall dude with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. I mean, I think uh, I honestly think that you know the, the roster is bloated as it is. Even adding one more guy or two more guys or three more guys, you know, is gonna be too much for me. Like, there's really like no uh, space left. You know, it's already bad as it is. So that's that's my thoughts on that. All right. All right, backstage, Don Callis walks out to Will Ospreay. Callis said people call Ospreay the next Kenny Omega, but Callis thinks he's the first Will Ospreay. Callis reminds Ospreay the last time they were in a match against each other, he ate a one-ring angel, though. So what's your thoughts on the backstage with Don Callis and Will Ospreay segment? Yeah, so um, I think it did what it had to do, obviously. I had that interaction between, uh, you know, someone that is closely related to Kenny Mega, obviously his manager, um, and then Will Ospreay, kind of building that match, building the main event. I think they're seeing good things that have been happening in, in Raw, and maybe that they've lost throughout the years, and doing them now because obviously they had like storylines going throughout the episode, which is good. I I really like that, and this is one of them. Obviously, this is kind of hyping up the main event and, you know, kind of uh, ex- exemplifying the dissension be- or, like, the relationship between Kenny Omega and, and Will Ospreay and saying how, you know, Don Kellis obviously is going to put over Kenny Omega over Will Ospreay, but while also acknowledging the fact that Will Ospreay is a really great competitor, you know, saying, the, he's saying that he's the next Kenny Omega is... is is obviously a great compliment, but you know, it kind of builds the story. So I, I like this backstage segment. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We got Hikarshi at Toy Storm defeated Britt Baker and JB Hader. What are your thoughts on this match? Um. Yeah. So uh, I think. Uh, I think uh, she does. I think uh, okay. So I was uh, the one thing that I I was surprised by is that Britt Baker was taking the pin. All right, she took the pin. I think this either says that she, either Britt Baker is gonna win this uh, double or nothing, or or uh, Demi Hitter is gonna beat Britt Baker. You know. Ruining her chances. Maybe Britt Baker has a one and everything, but Jimmy Hitter takes it all away, or maybe she's the reason why they don't, and then they start something there. I don't know, but uh, I think uh, this kind of was obviously a good preview for the Fatal Four Way. 
on the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, next, Kiss Sabian says he can read back, pack like a book. Pack says Kiss Sabian wants a shot at her. He can get at all out. What's your thoughts on that little segment? I'm going to be honest. I don't really care about Kip Sabian. People seem to really like him now. I need to see him in the ring because I haven't seen him in what well, it has been like almost two years now in the ring. I don't really remember how good he is. I, I, don't, I don't think he was ever really that good. But if he, he has improved in the ring, which I expect that it's not just the, you know, the, the metallic hair that he changed. Hopefully he's been training as well. Uh, I'm willing to give him a chance, but right now I, I really don't care about Kip Sabian Betts. Pac, I really liked Pac. His presentation is always great. Uh, he's got great promos as well, and he's a good wrestler. And right now he's the Atlantic champion. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what this match, you know, what this match look, look, looks like. So, yeah. All right. All right. So, okay. Next. next. All right. Miro says God made a deal with the devil to take him out, but hasn't worked. We saw Darby Allen Singh walking up. And Darby said he thinks Black is intimidated with success that King has without him. Sting says the enemy and enemy is his friend. So, what do you? What's your thoughts in that segment? Uh, this segment, uh, I was honestly, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I've I've been honest this whole podcast, honestly. But uh, I've been growing tired of these promo segments of Miro. Like you've been doing them every week, every week, every week. And of the like the same way, obviously people really liked them in the beginning. It was like it went viral, whatever, because people really liked the fact that he was talking to God or whatever, or then that he was abandoned by God, so he's in the darkness. It's it's very dramatic. It's a very dramatic type thing. Um, but uh, you know, it can it built to the match that there's gonna be a three on three between the House of Black, Darby Allen, Sting, and and Miro. So, you know, obviously it kind of exemplified that they're somewhat of a cohesive unit. It's just not a, it's not just a, you know, collection of three people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. CM Punk comes out. Look at the press. Punk says, the surgeon told me he polarized the bones in his foot. Punk taunts a fan. Ringside is heckling him. Says those screws are 16 times more than he ever been screwed in his life. He says his foot is 100%. He says he was cleared by doctors, but he, but he isn't sure if the 100% is good enough anymore. Punk says business doesn't love you back, but the fans do, and that's part of why he came back for the fans. He says it hurts to think it let everyone down, and the points of his sister says it hurts to think he let her down. Ace Steel, who teamed with Punk at ROH, walks out and asks him what the hell he's doing. Steel says this is one he talked about in the back. Still talked about the history together. Say they are family. He reminds Punk that he filled up the arena and nothing more than a rumor. He says that he isn't letting him leave it now. Seal slapped the shit out of Punk and tells him that he has asked to fight and go to fight on Sunday. He pulls out the contract, tells Punk to sign the damn contract, and fight Moxley. I fired up Punk versus Searle. So before he was seeing Punk, he was just a punk kid from Chicago who was born blue in the face with biblical cord wrapped around his neck. Because they're trying to kill him since birth, but no one has been man enough to do it, and yet Moxley's ain't it. Punk says Moxley can't break his bones or drink his blood because we are Chicago. Punk signs the contract, says break with the crowd. What's your thoughts on this CM Punk segment? I thought this was like an Alzheimer's segment. I don't know about Alzheimer's, but it was, it was a really great segment. 
just uh, the beginning, obviously, um, you know, we, I don't know how anybody thought, uh, what anybody felt there, but, you know, you felt that there was some genuine, you know, doubt in, in CM Punk's mind. Maybe he, maybe he didn't buy into the fact that, uh, that uh, everything did or what? Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. So, all right. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Shin Ross sat down with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy says that his father told what it meant to be a man. And on Sunday, Christian will be fighting Jack Perry. What's your thoughts on this Jim Ross sit down with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy? What's uh, what's my thoughts on this? Um, on Christian and Jungle Boy, I think uh, uh, they built it pretty good. I think... Uh, the fact that Jungle Boy said that you're not going to wrestle Jungle Boy, you're going to fight Jack Perry is a good line or whatever. It got personal because uh, Christian, you know, kind of mocked the fact that uh, um, obviously Jungle Boy doesn't have his father and like saying that he was his father's figure or whatever, but Jungle Boy didn't want to, you know, get to that. It, it was very good. It was a very uh, good interview. Uh, Jungle Boy is kind of like settling into to his voice and on on the microphone. So I think uh, I, this is one of the matches I'm I'm most looking forward to in all out. So so yeah. All right, Warlord FTR defeated Ren Jones. I speak the pre and size young. What's your thoughts on this match? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really see it, but I I mean it's FTR Warlord, and I would expect that it's a good match. Uh, I would expect it was a kind of a job match, though. Uh, I think so. I think it's a job match, but uh, yeah, I gotta say I liked it because that's a, that's that's what they do. But it also, for me, it telegraphs the the, the result for the pay per view match that they have against uh, against the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lee. So I think this telegraphs. The fact that maybe the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal are gonna win, and it makes sense too because uh, actually it doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah. So I think that that's it, they're getting their win as a trio because they're gonna get the loss at double nuts, at double nothing, all out. So maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, but I, I think this did it what it was supposed to do. Yeah. 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 I see those. All right, we got John Moxley walks out and says, this is your boy wants, and exactly what he'll get. Moxley says, your son punk the difference between a fake messiah and a legend. So what do you think of Moxley walking out and, t- and his small segment? It's more, you know, promoting the, the match at All Out, the main event at All Out is what these Dynamites are supposed to do, a good, you know, promotion and good, you know, uh, t- storytelling so that people buy your pay-per-views. That's what the old school way is, and that's what they did. That's what CM Punk has done. Uh, did this uh, episode. That's what John Moxie uh, did twice in this episode, and uh, you know, I'm sure they convinced a lot of people, and obviously this was another shoot style. I, I'm sure there's a lot of reality to what he's saying here, but uh, in terms of like you know, delivery and all that, it was great. I think I liked it, yeah. Alright. Alright, backstage, Dark Order reveals a tennis out of action with an injury, but Evil Uno will be taking his spot. 
We got Andrade and Idolo Pierce, and he's thinking about giving Tana Contra as a good body. Uno says the Dark Order Ferrara lists Andrade attacking with a crutch and a stun gun. So, what's your thoughts on that backstage segment? It was good. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate that Tana is injured, whether it's a work or not, that he's injured. And they have a match on Rampage. And they had to find someone to replace that. And obviously, this kind of confirms the kind of assumption that Twitter had that Adam Page might be the one. I mean, Adam Page, you know, we, we had a, our Twitter had a, kind of speculated that since the beginning, it looks like it's, all right, it's, it's going to happen. So uh, it was good. Uh, the Andrade thing was kind of weird for me. I don't, I don't know where that's going, but uh, yeah, I think Andrade really needs to let Jose the assistant. I don't know what Jose the assistant's purpose is. If he's a manager, he's really bad at doing his job for speaking for his clients. Because I think uh, Andrade really needs a manager, as in like uh, someone to talk for him. Uh, I think he's really good at you know. Speaking for himself, obviously, sometimes you have to do it so that you learn. But in terms of selling matches and all that, I think uh, you got to let someone else do it. And assistance isn't really doing much other than holding an iPad sometimes or, or whatever he's doing. I think he should be like saying something, but, you know, I, I don't I don't control these things, I guess. All right, we got the four-way match with U- Wheeler Utah defeating Dante Martin, Rush, Roosh, and Ray Phoenix. What's your thoughts on that match? Uh, who won this match? I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch this one. Honestly. It was Wheeler Utah when he pins Dante Martin for the win. So that's interesting because uh, all of these people are at the casino ladder match. Uh, the casino ladder match at the pay per view. Um, so if Wheeler you uh, did win this four-way match, which I, I trust you, I think yeah, he did win, right? I didn't watch his match, so I can't tell you anything about the match itself, but uh, if the results, if Wheeler Yuta pins Dante Martin, that makes me believe that maybe Dante Martin, uh, wins, uh, this ladder match. And you know, maybe I'll ask you this question: Who do you think is a is a Joker? Mm. I'm going with I'm going to go with with Attorney Samoa Samoa Joe or an MJF. I think okay, okay. I think those those are big. Uh, you know, those are big predictions. You know, uh, for me, I think uh, what makes more sense, honestly. I mean, obviously, Samoa Joe is already, I think he's back already from, you know, recording his TV show or whatever. He is currently a champion, is he not? Yeah. He's a television, a Ring of Honor television champion. Yes, he's still the champion. And MGF is, you know, nobody has heard anything about MGF, so we don't even know. We just heard that Dave Meltzer said that somewhat soon, MGF will be returning. I don't know what somewhat soon means. But I guess people are assuming that it will, that will be allowed. I personally don't think he's gonna come out and allowed, but we'll see. I guess um, I don't think it's a mojo either. I think okay, if we see it, 
Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Euro. They are a tag team and Ring of Honor. Uh, they're a team, yeah. There's Ray Phoenix and Penta. Yeah, that's, there's another tag team in this ladder match, right? And then there's uh, who, who are the other people there? Uh, Rush and Andrade. They're also a tag team, right? And then Dante Martin and the Joker, the Joker who we don't know. I think it's Dante Martin and a returning Darius Martin. It's the it's a logical way, unless it's too predictable so that you're surprised. I don't know. But I think it's Darius Martin returning from whatever. I think he had a car crash or whatever. And uh, that's I think that's going to be the Joker. And I think there's a high probability it's going to be him. If it's someone else like MJF or Samoa Joe, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't expect them to be there and allowed, but that's just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Backstage, Dark Order says they'll do a match alone. And an Evil Uno, both are not medically cleared. Hangman Page box up says they need a partner. They have one in him. Reynolds and Silver are excited. What's your thoughts on this backstage of all the Dark Order Hangman Page? Yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, we knew that, uh, you know, a Dark Order, I guess uh, the, way that a, the way that AW had been booking the Dark Order, uh, they weren't going to have a pay-per-view match the way that they've been booking, been, been booked since in the past. Like with uh, with uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, obviously, uh, and it just makes more sense to have Adam Page there uh, against the Elite because of his history with the Elite, and it's a return returning Kenny Omega. It's the first time we see Adam Page and Kenny Omega in the ring. The fact that Adam Page was offered that spot before Kenny Omega was at all, so I think uh, there's interesting interesting kind of developments there. Um, so yeah, surely Dark Order is gonna make it to the final rep. All right, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, the main event: AEW <clears throat> Trios Titles Tournament Semifinals. The Elite versus the NI Empire. Omega pins Fletcher for the win the the match. So, what's your thoughts on the main event? Yeah, the main event was a uh, unbelievable main event. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, you know, the singles match is going to be great. Um, I, I really like how open as a tag team. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they have a future in the tag team division uh, in AEW or anywhere. Like, yeah, I think they're, you know, top talent in, in the tag team division. I'd like to see Aussie open versus FTR just like a straight up tag team match against them. Um, yeah, the Kenny Omega looked better. That he finally took off the, the you know compression shirt or whatever. Or I, I thought I think uh, Will Osprey took it off for him, and you know those he just had bandages all over his body or whatever. Um, I thought it was a good result. It was the best result possible. I think the Elite was always gonna win, and it's not myself match. Obviously, I was entertained or whatever. I was. Uh, it wasn't wrestling, I could tell you that. But uh, um, Well, is really talented at whatever he does. He's really good at wrestling and really good at what he did there. And and Kenny Omega, you know, he looks like he's going to be 100% from now on. But uh, he has to be surrounded by the right people. So, uh, yeah, right results, I guess. And 
now we I guess we see who's the next final guy and we see what happens at all out. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's your thoughts on this whole episode of Dynamite? I thought the, the best parts were pretty good. I think uh, the main event really, really was sold heavy and really sold hard. And I guess it had to, like, uh, recompensate for not being announced uh, with weeks ahead of, uh, you know, the tickets for allowed going out. And I think uh, it was sold really well. CM Punk and John Moxley is going to be a big match feel. And uh, it was a good build for the pay-per-view. It was a good go-home. No, no brawls or anything, but but good prom- promos that sold those matches. Matches that kind of give you a preview of what you're going to see out of Loud That's what a go-home is supposed to be, I'm, I'm guessing. So, yeah, it was an enjoyable Dynamite. And, yeah. 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 Yep, it was a dynamite. All right. Hey. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up? All right, let's go to AEW Rampage recap. Starting with the Trios Championship Tournament Finals. Hangman Page, Reynolds, and Silver versus Orange Cassidy. Best friends with Don Hansen. Don Hansen was ejected for cursing the Dark Order. Don Cass on commentary with the team. Spying for Kenny Omega. Hangman... Cassidy started out. So many usual Cassidy shenanigans. The best friends knocked Silver and Reynolds ran into each other. They placed Silver on the top rope and attempted a double superplex. Handman made the save. Cassidy taunted and kicked. Nailed a super kick on Silver. Cassidy covered for a two. Okay, Reynolds nails Cassidy super kick for a two count. Silver cleaned house and big moves. Scored a series of kicks on Cassidy. Cassidy came back with Slumdog Millionaire. We saw the best friends, Cassidy, Triple Team, Silver, Hangman made the save. Hangman beat down Cassidy, best friends made the save. Silver, Reynolds, Double T, Cassidy, surprised Silver with a small package for a two count. Silver went to the top, but Taylor nailed the awful waffle for a two count. Best friends took out Reynolds, Double T on the floor. Hangman went for the buckshot lariat, but with, with, with the orange punch. Silver drilled Taylor with a big lariat and scored the pin. So, so it's so Dark Order, Hangman, Page are the winners and advance to the finals to face, to face the elite at All Out. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so I think we all thought this was gonna happen. I thought Dark Order was a for sure favorite to make it to the finals against the elite, especially with with Adam Page being that guy replacing Ken after the injury. Uh, I think. You know, it was a foregone conclusion since the beginning. Uh, the match was decent. You know, it was not my type of match, but it was, I'm not going to say it was a bad match, you know. Um, also, like, just Adam Page, you know, he's a world title, con- like, uh, level, you know, singles competitor. I don't know if he should be involving himself with Dan Housen and, and Orange Cassidy and all those people, but... Other than that, like uh, this match was uh, was what it had to be. The tournament semifinal, whatever they're calling it, the tournament uh, rampage final, whatever, which makes no sense. It's just the semifinal, but now they're gonna have the actual true finals at all out, and let's see what happens with the elite and uh, you know the dark order, you know the Adam Page storyline. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right. All right. They all right. They aired a video feature on Ankinson versus Chamberlain on Zero Hour Hour for Sunday. They aired a promo for All Out. There was Ray Phoenix with Alex Abraham versus Blake Christian, and Ray Phoenix won the match. It was sort of sweet at two minutes. It could be. So, what's your thought on, thoughts on this match? You said it was a Ray Phoenix against uh, Blake Christian. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure it was a good match. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really see it. I didn't. Really see, uh, but uh, you know, Ray Ray Phoenix is a is a really good tag team competitor, and he's also a really good uh, singles competitor. And Blake Christian is someone that's coming up the ranks at AEW and. The independent scene as well, so I'm sure it was good. Yeah. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Lexi, you have viewed champion Hook. Angela Parker, Matt Manor show up for Hook speak. Parker tried to talk himself up to Hook's face, so Hook ripped off his shirt. It's going to throw down, but Manor is back down. So this one's the streets of the NYC. They'll get a taste of the towel on Sunday. So what's your thoughts on the backstage with Lexi Nair and Hook? Well, yeah, this is kind of building that match. Uh, it's a zero-hour match between Hook and, and Angelo Parker, cool hand Angelo, Angelo Parker in the, um, you know, in the pre-show or whatever for the FTW Championship. Um it's good. I mean, uh, this match doesn't really need that much story, that much build, or that much intrigue onto it since it's a zero-hour thing, and the mere existence of Hook in this match is going to sell the match for a lot of these fans of AEW, but uh, yeah, it was good. I think uh, it did what it had to do for that match. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Siobhan joined the announcing team. Ortiz, Ruby Soho versus Guevara and Tay Mello. So they, so yeah. And Ruby Soho, Ortiz won that match. As a result, they're going to face the, they're going to face Sammy and Mello for the AAA Mixed Tag Team Champions for on, on Zero Hour. Huh? All right, I will. I'll be back. I gotta put the dog outside for a bit. All right, fine. Yep. All right. I'm back. All right. right. It was still, it was Ortiz, Ruby Soho, Zambi Guevara, Tamelo. Like, Ortiz, Ruby Soho won the match. As a result, they got a triple A. Sundays. So, what's your thoughts on the match? As a result, 
Um, well, I thought it's pretty surprising that uh, Ruby Soko and uh, and Ortiz are getting this, you know, this opportunity. And, you know that this was the kind of the way that they were gonna go after Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston had that little altercation backstage. Uh, I think that um, there's not much interest in this match. There's not real good. There's not a real good reason to say that this is a pay-per-view match other than you know, having these people on the pay-per-view. And for me, at least, I mean, this is going to be a theme throughout, you know, this uh, AW and all-out, you know, coverage. I think uh, uh, AW is really, like, not doing well with their booking or at least, like, not doing as well as they used to. Maybe it's still booking well or doing well, you know, or, like, having good, you know, intrigue or whatever. But uh, I just think that something has changed, and that something is is not that interesting anymore, and it's not as interesting uh, all throughout the card. There's like eleven matches in the in the pay per view, in the main card pay per view, and not not all of them I could say are matches matches I'm interested in. I'm going to be zoned out for a lot of that um, pay per view. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, we got Lexi Nair interviewing Dark Order and him and Paige. Don Cowles shows up and told Paige that they screwed your friends up for power, yet the easiest, and he likes it. They rant. So, what do you think of the back? What's your thoughts on the backstage with Lexi Nair, Dark Armor, Hangman, Paige, and Don Cowles? Well, obviously, building and creating more intrigue in this match, you know. Uh, obviously, you got to play with the history between Adam Page and the elites, especially the young books, and then Kenny Omega himself, because you know, obviously, Heyman Page, Kenny Omega, former tag team partners, um, former rivals. You know, they beat, it, or I guess, Kenny Omega lost his championship to Adam Page, and you know, they're both former champions and everything. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah. So Don Callis is going to be stepping in as that person to represent the elites. So that you don't see them in the same kind of place before the pay per view on Sunday. So I think it's it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's see. They ran down all our pay per view lineup. They they aired a vintage with Mark Henry doing a, a sit down interview with the TBS champion Jay Cargill and Athena. Cargill said Athena is just number thirty eight in the lineup. People we've beaten. Athena cut cut a hell of a promo saying he's going to take her down. For, every, for everyone, Jade has disrespect in the locker room. So, what do you think of the Virginia and Mark Henry sit-down interview with Jade and Athena? Well, I think it was, you know, again, one of those things to build and create more intrigue around the TBS championship match. Um, I don't have any problem with it, obviously. Um, Jade Cargo is, you know, very confident in what she does. Athena, also very confident in a different way. I don't see, I mean, I guess, are we going to do predictions or what? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. so I won't, I won't say my predictions yet, but, like, uh, let's just say I don't, I mean, uh, I do care who wins this match, but, uh, you know, I think both options are not that great for me, at least, uh, whatever. But, but yeah, this, this segment did what it had to do for this particular match. And I I always say that, but uh, it's true. So yeah, it was good. Okay, all right. They had a video feature on Punk versus Moxley. 
And backstage, Shavant interviewed the AEW tag champs, Lee, Lee and Swerve Strickland, the acclaim. They talk trash to each other. So, so what's your thoughts on the backstage, Shavant and the ch- tag champs and the acclaim? Um, well, uh, I didn't really see this part either. But, um, you know, this match for all outs, you know, the, most of the build was made like in weeks prior. I feel like they kind of stopped um, rolling the ball with this, you know, majorly. Um, obviously, you know, Swerve and, and Keith Lee have kind of cooled down for me. And even in the first place, I didn't really like them either. The acclaimed also, I, I would prefer the gun club over the acclaimed, but, you know, obviously the acclaimed are the ones that have won their feud. So, yeah, I think uh, this match will be a decent one, but I don't think it's one that I'm more very much intrigued by. Right, yes. We got the, the, the tag team champ, the ROH, RWTB, and Triple A tag champs, FTR, and the AWTV and TCA. Warlock came to the ring. Like, there's a promo about promo about the, the next. Thank you for the fans. We're welcome. There was a, it says there was a timeless light outside circle that no, no one really loved him. Then 2022 happened, he said. From there, the momentum turned around. He said he feels the love. Some people don't like them, and it's okay. He has some generals. has why it's my Sunday happening. He says this match is happening because every match is added to their legacy. As he continues, there was out came the Mercy Machine Guns, Lethal, and Dundee does Tom Singh. Same as that, they rep the greatest city in creation and the tanking inspired entire generation. Dax told him a thousand, ten thousand people call him a hole. Shelly said four of them on stage as a family. Dutch said Sunday got to mess with everything. Dax hoped dealt. He asked Dax if he was going to fight like an eight year old brat. Dax wanted to fight, but everyone was held apart. So, what do you think um the Warlow FTR segment? Um, <laughs> I I don't I didn't I mean. I would rather have FTR as heels. I would rather have Wardlow try it out as a heel. Obviously, we haven't seen him as a true heel in AW. I, I don't know if I buy any of them as a baby faces because, you know, they keep on repeating the same thing. But uh, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns also, like, they came down or whatever, and and I've said previously that, you know, I don't have really prior exposure to them, so I, I don't know what to expect from them. I don't know if I should really be getting excited for, excited for them or not. I will have to see on all outs, but uh, um, for me, I think they did what I had to do, but much of what, you know, much of the proving that they're going to have to do with me at least is going to be in the ring, and uh, I'm, I'm going to see what, what happens there. Uh I don't know why the TNT Championship isn't being defended at the pay-per-view. Maybe because it's a television championship. Uh, I'd rather have, like, let's say, I mean, Jay Lister already had his match, so why couldn't it be Satnam Singh versus uh, Wardlow? You know, you could I mean, Wardlow would be the biggest babyface ever if you powerbomb the dude. But, you know, this did what it had to do for the match that they're going to do it all out. So, so, yeah, that's all I really got to say about that. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Okay, backstage, QT Marshall is going all alone, so I know his word is the bond. Big Star says, make sure it's true. Shows that firm them, lack of three locked through. The lock, and the bang, you try to free Marshall, try to freedom, but Stark attacked them. They battle into the arena. 
Starts with Marshall into the whip all arena. He climbed to the seat, beat down Marshall right hands. He dubbed up with a double act handle. They fall into the ringside. Starks tossed in the ring, which point the bell officially rang. So, and the QT Marshall versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Stark defeated QT Marshall in a big matchup. And after the match, Powerhouse Hobbs charged the ring, being to slug it out. The official pulled them apart, but they broke free, kept brawling. Jericho was catching Brian Dennis on the contrast, so Brian came out and they went face to face, show off the air. So, what do you think of the, the backstage start with QT Marshall and Ricky Starks, first of all? Well, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, I don't know, people online, people on Twitter are kind of hating or like kind of making jokes of, of the QT Marshall name or the factory, you know, kind of rebrand, kind of like they, they're more of gimmick type thing. And I, I don't have a problem, actually. I think it's better now. They're not just a group that, you know, come from a, a wrestling school. They're, they're a group with personality and, you know, a little bit more, you know, something to them, you know. And I think that's good. Um, I thought that backstage segment was good. All right. So, the match. What are your thoughts on the match between QT Marshall and Ricky Starks? It, it was a decent match, you know, a good TV Rampage match, but... Uh, and, you know, obviously, I think QT Marshall and Ricky Starks are two of the best wrestlers, workers. And in AW, people might say, you know, different to that, especially to QT Marshall. But I think QT Marshall is a really good. He's, uh, I think he's like what Baron Corbin is to WWE. Um, QT Marshall is uh, to AW. And that's that's uh, something really good. And I think uh, he's great at what he does. And Ricky Starks. A great wrestler, too. He's a future top guy. You understand? Like, this dude is still young and, and you know, and does, you know, his stuff really well. He talks really good, too. So, I, I thought I thought uh, this match was really good. And, you know, obviously, the right person won Ricky Starks. This leads me to believe that, you know, a specific, you know, end to the match between Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Is gonna yeah, happen, the post match, but... the post match. Like, what do you think of the post match that and end the show on Rampage? Uh, what was the post match? It was again? basically Hobbs charging the ring, slugging, and Ricky and Hobbs slugging it out. The officials pulled them apart. They broke free, kept brawling. Jericho was trashing Danielson on the contrary. Brian came out. They went face to face. This and the show went off the air. It was basically the post match after the Stars versus QT Marshall. Okay, so so basically a lot of feuds kind of like, so like Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, and all of them started brawling all that. Yeah. I think I think that's cool. You know, it's something of, uh, you know, it's like if it were in a movie. You know, like everybody's fighting at the same time, and you know nobody can regain control and everything. But you know, it it uh, adds excitement and adds unpredictability, so that people think. Uh, this allowed pay-per-view is going to be just that, and they tune in. Um, I think I think it was a good post-match, and, you know, to end the show, whatever. I'm really excited for both of those matches, because Jericho against Brian Dennison and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. That's what I got to say about Rampage. All right, good. I said for Rampage. All right. Okay, let's go, let's go to the topics, and we'll do the predictions for Clash of of the castle and all that. Okay. All right, the first topic, Samoa Joe could be returning to AEW soon. So basically, 
Samoja finished up filming in the Peacock Twisted Metal live action adaption of video game series the same name. The Samoan submission machine will provide the he will provide the the body for Smith too while while Arnett voices the character. Details in the twisted production production remain close to the vest, but the fans know now the famous series have finished production on the first season. The showrunner Michael Johnson Smith confirmed the conclusion on Twitter, sharing an image of the logo show logo on a site sculpture. It's unclear where Joe will come back, but his timing lines up nicely for having potential presence at AW All Out this weekend. At February eight has nine bow schedule more Smith to be announced on this week's Dynamite, but inclusion of Casino ladder, casino ladder match give Joe an easy in. So there could clearly no, but there's like about like say like five, six participants, but the Joker could potentially be Samoa Joe. So what's your what's your thoughts on that, on Samoa Joe returning to AEW soon? Well, it's um, it, there's only like a few opportunities for Samoa Joe to be returning and and allowed. To, maybe he's the Joker as that you know as you said. Maybe he comes out in a after match stare down or something like that. Um, I think if he does come, I don't think he's a joker. I, I would I would say other people are over him uh, to be that joker. If I were to bet money, you know, I think I'd say he returns on on dynamite on the dynamite after I love. That's just me just guessing and saying whatever, but. Uh, I think there is a good possibility that Samojo is coming back. Obviously, the fans have been clamoring for Samojo to come back. Obviously, they also have been kind of complaining about the fact that Samojo hasn't been uh, part of the plans in AW and not knowing that he was out there doing the show. But you know, they were complaining nonetheless. And you know, obviously, Tony Khan listens to the fans. So you know, sometimes too much. But you know, this in this case, it's it's you know good. And I think uh, there's a really good chance that Samoa is going to be out there, maybe in a, you know, to helping uh, FTR and Wardlow or something like that. Because maybe they'll get beat down after the match and then Samoa makes a save or whatever. Because he has that history with Jay Lee and that, and that uh, you know, little group. But uh, yeah, I think there's a good possibility that Samoa does. Uh, come uh, back it all up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. WWE Amazon uh, filed a joint lawsuit. Like, they filed a lawsuit against the 13 defendants who are attempting to market and sell inadequate replicas of the WWE branded championship belts in Amazon store. Apparently, one of the defendants was found to be operating on a fraudulent business outside of New Jersey. In addition to the civil lawsuits, they worked with Middlesex County, New Jersey's prosecutor's office to pursue these after bad actors who led to felony counterfeiting charges against the two connected individuals for the sale of counterfeit WA championship title belts. So apparently, WA partnered partner with Amazon's counterfeit crimes unit to pursue these lawsuits targeting bad actors who attempted to sell counterfeit products and falsely represent their location and identities. So, what's your thoughts on this? I haven't heard about this, but uh, it sounds like uh, people were selling fake merchandise or something like that on Amazon, and that's a that's a serious matter. That's a serious thing, especially for WWE. I mean, they're making money off of something that they own, and you know that's that's 
that's fraudulent. You understand? So that obviously that's that's big trouble. If you know, obviously, if they're getting sued, they're gonna lose against someone like they're doing. Um, you know, you're stupid if you wanna you know sell merchandise that's not you know yours. You understand? Like your copyrights or whatever. You gotta know those types of things before you put stuff on the internet. So. Yeah, I think that's what I think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to buy Fisher's expiring AEW contract. Won't be renewed. Apparently, Abby, he's not been seen on AEW programming in a, almost a month. It appears now looking the reason why Bobby's contract is, is believed to be expiring. And it happened yesterday. It was, the company was not looking to sign an extension or new deal. It was according to Fightful Select. His last appearance was on August 3rd, an episode of Dynamite, part of the Elite Return scene, beheading to a star on the Bucks, now looks dead in the water, perhaps due to the combination of fish wrapping up with the company of those of injuries. I'm calling it He hasn't respirated in the longest since June, July time frame. He's been working some independent shows in the month of August. Another sign is on his way out. Fish has been with Ada for a year, joined the promotion on October 21 after running with WWE's NXT system where he was a member of Undisputed Era before WWE released him summer 2021. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so Bobby, Bobby Fish, you know, being released is a big deal on the internet, on Twitter. Obviously, you know, with this backstage drama that's been happening backstage and also, you know, that report, that false report or Whatever. Right now, it's not completely confirmed, but there have been reports that multiple people have asked for the release. Actually, Malachi Black being one of those names listed. Uh, but Bobby Fish, you know, obviously did ask for, or not. It wasn't asking for his release, but he didn't extend his contract. They didn't come to terms. It was explained. I saw somewhere. Uh, I think Fightful themselves, or maybe it was Wrestling Observer, kind of said that yes they that they didn't come to an agreement with their deal with his deal you know but maybe in the future you know there's a possibility that they um come to terms with the deal with a new one which you know who knows i mean Bobby fish by himself i mean whether he wants to continue wrestling or not i mean i don't think you know, he would be a package with, you know, a, a tag team competitor, whether it's Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly or Roger Strong. I mean, that's where he's strongest. If he's going to be a singles competitor, I don't know if that, that intrigue is there for him. Unless he goes somewhere like Impact or something or MOW or something or just goes to them independent scene. But uh, if he wants to go to WWE, I don't know if uh, he's worth what an undisputed era, uh, you know, would be worth in in, in WWE, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's interest. That's an interesting topic because, you know, obviously people are gonna more and more people are gonna have their contracts expired, and maybe they just don't want to extend it because of the way that AW is running things right now, and you know all the drama backstage, the reported drama. It's it's real drama, and obviously you know the. A big dog right now, like the person, like the company that's doing well, and like kind of the place that people want or wrestlers want to be at is WWE. So maybe they want to make that jump, and eventually it's gonna turn around to for AEW. So it's just the way it works. So I don't know. So Bobby Fish officially out of AEW, 
uh, doesn't have a contract. He's a free agent, but he could appear anywhere. So I, we'll we'll have to wait and see where he, where he goes next. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, Bodie Lee set to feature in AEW's Fight Forever pregame, so it's Owen Hart. AEW has been always keeping memory of Brody Lee and Owen Hart alive. In this latest tribute to the Exalted One and Owen Hart has been revealed. They've been edging closer to the release of AEW's debut console game, Fight Forever. This is the first time the company has been developing a console game. So many fans aren't sure what to expect. Hyping the game is still high, but is set to have a slim down roster compared to actual amount of wrestlers on our AEW contract. The slim roster will be too much of a surprise given how blow the roster in AEW. It's worth noting even wrestlers such as Dax Hardware and Pastorella have been omitted from the game, yet it was a well conclusion the roster has been revealed. In the in the WON newsletter, Meltzer revealed that Broly, who passed away in 2020, would play well in the game. AEW made also a deal about the hearts of Owen Hart, who never wrestled AEW as a character in the original released as Brody Lee. So basically it, it heard there's a warm heartwarming people will be able to play as Brody Lee. His passing was a shock to the wrestling world. This is a great way of paying tribute to the former TNT champion. What's your thoughts on this? Well yeah, so obviously the inclusion of Brody Lee is is good not only for like to sustain the legacy of Brody Lee, you know, after his you know death, but also obviously it gives, you know, a check to Amanda Huber and his son. And or his sons, you know, uh, it gives them money. You know, obviously, Birdie Lee has passed away and he's not going to be receiving the, those checks for, for the video game. But, you know, at least his family is getting taken care of by AEW, and that's a good thing. Also, with Owen Hart, uh, you know, obviously, they have that partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation and have, you know, uh, done stuff with Martha Hart, too. Um, including Owen Hart is just giving them more money. And, you know, obviously uh, the way that Owen Hart passed away in the wrestling business is also tragic or whatever. So it's good to give them a paycheck so that they, you know, pay what's owed to them for, you know, the wrestling business kind of failing on them. But, uh, yeah, the slim down roster thing, I mean, it was, it was, you know, that was confirmed since a while ago. But obviously, it is interesting why, you know, so many people that are, you know, in the wrestling or AEW right now aren't in that game. And the ones that, you know, kind of are, are new to that you know, company are are in that game. Obviously, you understand why CM Punk and Brian Davidson and all them people are there. Obviously, they're going to sell that video game. You know, the, the mentioning of CM Punk in, uh, in that video game is going to sell it for some people that might not be as, you know... Uh, aware of AEW, but um, people like Swerve and Keith Lee, I think, are in the game, or maybe they're not, but I'm just gonna say they are. And why aren't FTR there? Obviously, one can speculate that there's gonna be a Ring of Honor DLC or whatever, but uh, that's not confirmed or anything. We all, all we know is that Cash Wheeler and Dex Harwood said that hey, the reason that they were given by Tony Khan that they're why to as to why they're not in the video game is a Logical one, I think, is the word they use. And if they're, you know, fine with it or just not, if they don't really care about it, then, you know, I don't think anybody on the internet in the Twitterverse should really care about it either. All I got to say is I might like I might like the game. I might not like the game, but it doesn't really matter. I'm not the one making money off of it. As a matter of fact, I'm losing money off of this. So um, 
I don't really care about that either. Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. Let's go to. All right. We're now for the WWE cast Clash of the Castle predictions. Roman Reigns will hold Paul Heyman versus Drew McIntyre for the undisputed Universal WWE Universal Championship match. Who who do you think is winning? Um, well, this is a big match. This is a match that everybody is waiting for. Obviously, the bigger the bigger match. Uh, I'd say it's the. I mean, between that one and CM Punk and John Moxley and and all out, I think is, you know, the biggest match of the weekend. And there's a lot of great wrestling in in that weekend. Um, but the fact that it's in Wales or in the UK and Drew McIntyre is. Very hot right now, a very hot baby face right now. And Roman Reigns is two, two years, just celebrated the two years of, of his reign. Um, I think I'm going to choose Roman Reigns here. I think he continues his his title run because, in my view, I think uh, Drew McIntyre is not that, not that guy yet. Um, obviously, there's going to be added, you know, momentum and added intrigue into this match because it's in the UK and everybody's going to be cheering and chanting for Drew McIntyre and maybe maybe in the moment it does seem like he's going to be winning uh, but for me uh, Roman Reigns is going to take that title all the way to WrestleMania and lose it to a Royal Rumble winner whoever that may be I think it's Cody Rhodes but I, I really think that Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns is the, is the the feud that you want to have with the championship title uh, and strictly with Roman Reigns. So, yeah, I think Roman Reigns beats uh, Drew McIntyre in that main event of Clash of the Castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, in my opinion, I uh, I think Drew McIntyre tires to win because of his hometown, but yours prediction makes sense. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Liv Morgan versus Shane Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Who do you think is going to win? Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan, that's what you said? Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people think that Shayna Baszler is going to win just because, you know, she's a Triple H guy and, uh, you know, she's going to, you know, be have added uh, kind of credibility to her now that she's going to be under the the lids of Triple H, but I think Liv Morgan wins this one only because we are we can't forget Liv Morgan also went to NXT. She was also uh, Triple H or has had a history with Triple H, and I think Triple H understands that Liv Morgan is a really like the baby face. People really uh, like her. She's a very popular uh, wrestler, really popular figure, and uh, I think uh, she. Holds on to the title a little bit longer. I don't think Shayna Baszler needs to to win the title right now. I think she could legitimize Liv Morgan a bit more. Uh, we have to remember that Liv Morgan is the only person to beat Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey twice. Uh, so, like, there's you know there's the credibility there for Liv Morgan to beat Shayna Baszler. Uh, you put over Liv Morgan strong. Shayna Baszler can continue that. You know momentum of being that, you know, badass, even though she lost, but like being that badass and continuing that kind of arc for her to, like, make, uh, reach that level that she can be. But I think uh, Liv Morgan beats Shayna Baszler. She retains that title 
for a little bit longer. Probably, but yeah, you know, I think Liam Morgan should retain, in my opinion. But anyway, do you do? Uh, why? Why do you think that? I think that because like Liam Morgan has been having a great reign, and I want that to ruin suddenly because of Baszler being a Triple H girl, and they they might they push Baszler, but also because Ronda Rousey might return soon. Be added back into the SmackDown Women's title picture soon. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And uh, look, uh, for me, I mean, if I'm uh, supporting the babyface, if I'm supporting Liv Morgan in this case, and Shayna Baszler wins, I'm gonna hate Shayna Baszler. I'm gonna be like, holy shit, this girl just beat my favorite wrestler or my favorite, uh, you know, champion or whatever. And and that's what I'm supposed to be feeling. I'm not. I don't want. I shouldn't be wanting Shayna Baszler to win. So, uh, hopefully, Liv Morgan does win. But if Shayna Baszler wins, I'm not gonna be happy. But that's what I'm supposed to be feeling. So, there you go. I guess. I guess. Uh, I could see a world where Shayna Baszler does win, but I don't think that time is right now. All right. All right, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, Evil Sky, six women tag team match. Who do you think is going to win this tag match? I'm going with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Evil Sky. Yeah, I think that's a foregone conclusion right now, especially now after the tournament final where Raquel Rodriguez and uh, Alija beat Evil uh, Sky and Dakota Kai. Now uh, that trio, that trio team is going to have. Surely beat Bianca Belair, um, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Um, and, you know, that's interesting because then Bailey, you know, or someone around, uh, let's say Bailey pins the champion Bianca Belair, and then there Bailey has a, an argument to go after that Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. And, you know, then you could form a, you know, an actual feud against them uh, afterwards. So. There's a lot of story implications. I'm sure there's going to be a great match. All the competitors are really good at what they do. And I think, yeah, I think the heels get the one here. And Bailey, Ioska, and Dakota Kai beat Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. All right. All right. Now we have, wait, wait. So Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. So who do you think is going to win this match? Riddle versus or Rollins? I think, I, think, Riddle, I think Riddle's going to win because they build the point that Riddle's going to beat Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think this this is this has been a well-built story. Obviously, it's been a while since they kind of touched like in the ring, so obviously this is going to feel like a big match because they haven't really touched in the ring for a Good while, other than like those fights, but he's they've been they've been brawling for for two months or one month or whatever since SummerSlam, basically. Um, and uh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. So part of me thinks that Seth Rollins is gonna get the win, but he's also been getting wins in Raw. Um, so maybe he could take a loss again. But then again, Seth Rollins has been losing this whole year when when he had that feud with Cody Rhodes. Assuming this is the feud ender, I'm going to say that Matt Riddle does win. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. Matt Riddle beats Seth Rollins, 
and you know kind of conquers that big hill. Uh, and then Matt Riddle can go off to other things. Maybe Randy Orton comes back. Who knows? I don't know how how far into his uh, recovery he is. But uh, or maybe Cody Rhodes comes back here. I don't know. Uh, they might pull a you know surprise or whatever. But you know w- whatever happens, I think Matt Riddle wins and beats uh, Seth Rollins in this match. All right. Don't the Ludwig Kaiser versus Seamus with Butch and Raj Holland for the Intercontinental Championship. Who you have winning, Gunther or Seamus? Yeah, so this is also like a match of the night contender. Obviously, Gunther is a, a great wrestler, and any time that he steps in that ring, he's going to be a, a banger and he's going to cause a lot of intrigue because of the way that he wrestles. And, you know, he wrestles, he actually wrestles. And Sheamus is a very similar wrestler. He's, he also beats the fuck out of the people that he goes against. And, and you know, the story here is that Sheamus, you know, wants to gain the Intercontinental title because it's the only title he hasn't won. And after winning that title, he will become a grandstand champion. And it's a big deal for a wrestler, especially at the age of Sheamus. So um, I think uh, I think that Gunter does retain. But uh, I don't know. This one is a close one. I, I think, but I, I'm gonna say Gunter retain. I'm gonna go with. I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you and go with Gunter as, as well. All right. Yes. All right. Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Where we have Ripley a tag team match. Who do you have winning? Edge or Edge and Mysterio or the Judgment Day? I mostly gonna I'm gonna go with the Judgment Day. It's been a hot roll, so yeah, I'm going with Judgment Day. I think uh, so. Something that a lot of the Twitter people, all the people online, all the Twitterverse, as I say, uh, they want Dominic Mysterio to turn on his father and join the Judgment Day, but not as uh, someone that uh, you know has the aesthetic as them or. You know, act like them, but like be like the, you know, the servant, I guess, to Rhea Ripley. I personally don't like that idea. I don't think it would be good, but I think uh, one thing that Triple H has proven that that he's willing to do is to appease the fans online, which are, you know, a lot of the hardcore fans of people that like wrestling and like, you know, fantasy booking wrestling. So I'm I'm gonna say that does happen. I think uh, Dominic Mysterio does turn on his father at some point in that match and cause you know his father to lose against the Judgment Day and you know kind of aligns himself with the Judgment Day afterwards. And then you could start uh, you know a big feud that culminates at WrestleMania where you know maybe you uh, you know, put uh, a mask on the line or a career on the line or something like that. So, yeah, I think oh, I have to agree with you. Judgment Day does win this match. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, let's go on to all-out predictions now. All right, we'll start with 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 the all-out zero-out pre-show first with Pac versus Cape Sabian for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Who you have winning? Pac or Kip? So, Pac or Kip Sabian, this one is an interesting match because obviously it's the first match that Kip Sabian has had in AEW uh, since, you know, returning. He's been out for, like, I feel like it's been the all three years. It's, I feel like I only watched him uh, wrestle, like, twice. 
before he got injured or whatever happened to him. Um, I'm going to have to say that uh, Puck retains the title only because this is his first defense on the AW. Like, uh, at an AW show, obviously, he's defended it across uh, the UK and, you know, Europe. But uh, I think I'm going to have to say the Puck beats him. I don't know how you get around, you know, protecting Kip Saban after his, you know, because, I mean... I don't think it would be a great idea to beat Kip Saving right after returning. I think you have a good opportunity of like cementing him as a guy that can comp- you know, compete at a at a certain level. But uh I'm gonna have to still say Park does beat Kip Saving and retains that AW all Atlantic championship. All right. And I'll go with Park too. It's most likely the scenario. So now we got a Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston 2. The first one happened in New Japan show. So this is going to be the second one. Who do you think is going to win, Ishii or Eddie Kingston? So I know that uh, Tomohiro Ishii beat Eddie Kingston in that first match at wherever that match happened. But uh, since it is an outsider versus a very loved insider, and obviously also it's a it's a dream match. I'm going to have to say that Eddie Kingston gets the W here because um, it is an, uh, a match at AW. And, I mean, I'm sure Tony Khan is partial to his AW talent. And, you know, Eddie Kingston is that. So, I think you give the win to Eddie Kingston unless unless he's punishing Eddie Kingston giving him a loss. But I don't think he's like that. I think uh, Eddie Kingston does get that win over Tomohiro Ishii, and I think Twitter, the Twitterverse is going to love love this one, even though it might be, for me, a little bit boring, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, mo- mostly on, on Eddie Kingston for the win. Alright, we got Hook versus Angela Parker for the FTW Championship. Who do you think is going to win, Ang- Hook or Angela Parker? I think this is going to be a quick one. I think Hook wins maybe one or two moves. Uh, cool hand out. Uh, Angela Parker isn't a single competitor, so there you go. Uh, Hook is going to win really quick. Yeah, most likely it makes sense. Yeah, Hook's going to win. It makes sense. And the fourth zero-hour match is Ruby Soho and Ortiz versus Guevara and Tay Melo for the AEW, I mean, AAA Mid Tag Team Championship. Who is going to win? Tay Melo or Guevara or Ortiz or Solo? Uh, I'm going to have to tell you, and I'll bet $100 that if Tay Melo and Sammy Guevara don't win this match, I'll pay you $100. All right? Okay, Okay. then. Uh, I'm almost 100% sure that Sammy Guevara and Tay Melo is going to win this match because I can tell you why. Yeah. I could tell you why because... Uh, in order to be a triple A mixed tag team champion or any, you know, triple A champion or any, you know, champion from another promotion, if you're not going to defend it in that promotion, because eventually you're going to have to lose it at that promotion. If you're not going to go to that promotion and, and and you know, defend it there and potentially lose it over there too, then you're not going to win it. And I don't, I don't see Ortiz and I don't see Ruby Soko going to triple A. So they're not going to win that championship. To me, it's a foregone conclusion. Sammy Guevara and Tai Melo uh, retain those championships. Yeah, most likely, yeah. All right, let's go to the main pay-per-view predictions. 
All right, let's start with Warlow and FTR versus Lethal and the Morrison Machine Guns. Who have winning? Warlow, FTR, or Lethal and the Morrison Machine Guns? I'm going to have to say that since uh, Lethal has taken a couple losses to Warlow, and, um, but I mean, I guess Lethal also uh, lost to Dex or he beat Dex Howard, but I'm going to say that. Um, Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns beat uh, Wardlow and, and FTR. Um, actually, no. No, no, no. The Babyfaces the baby win. Wardlow and, and FTR beat uh, the other team because uh, you got to, you know, you got to beat them. And uh, I think the, this ends between those those teams in particular after this. So the Babyfaces do need to win here. Yeah, honestly, that's a good that's a good point. All right, we go to Ricky Stars versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Who do you think is gonna win, Stars or Hobbs? This one is a hard one, one of the more harder ones in the in the match, and the one of the most intriguing, one of the only ones that are intriguing to me. But I think, uh, especially after what happened in uh, you know on Dynamite and also on Rampage, I think Powerhouse Hobbs gets the win here. Uh, Ricky Starks is gonna. And maybe Powerhouse is going to have, uh, you know, have help from the factory. Obviously, that involvement is still there. Um, Ricky Starks is the baby face in peril. I mean, he has no friends right now. Like, he's not involved with anyone. Uh, he used to have Team Taz, but they're not there, like, really anymore. So, um, I think Powerhouse Hobbs does win. Ricky Starks doesn't lose anything off of this. So I think it's going to be a banger match anyway. So, uh, yeah, Ricky Starks can get his win eventually. Yeah, most likely. All right, to see a ladder match for the AEW title, who you have winning? Who or who? Who you have winning in the casino ladder match? Oh, the casino ladder match. I think uh, this is hard because we don't know one of the competitors. I guess uh, I'm going to have to ask you a question before I answer who I think is going to win. Who do you think is a joker? I think I've asked you this before, but just uh, for the um, the joker. for this prediction, yeah, yeah, for prediction, the joker. I feel the joker could be a debuting Winningham Rotunda or a returning superstar like Adam Cole or MJF. Yes, yes, those are the popular ones. Uh, I think Wyndham Rotunda or Bray Wyatt or the Fiend. I think. He's going to be a crash at the castle, so I don't know about that. But um, I do think Adam Cole is a good uh, good shout. I think you said uh, MJF too. I don't know about MJF. I think if MJF does come, I'll be surprised, but that's, that's good. I think uh, if he does come out, that's a good thing. But uh, right now I'm not expecting it. And Samoa Joe is another one that people, you know, want to see Samoa Joe and other things. I think I saw. I have said before that um, I think I explained it to you as well that uh, you know if you look at the at the match itself, you know the competitors there. It's a lot of tag team competitors. Uh, there's Claudio Castignoli and Willie Yuta. They were a tag team, a Ring of Honor. They're a tag team. They're part of the team. Ray Phoenix, Penta Jr. They're also tag team, and they're going against each other in that in that match. Um, the other one is who are the other competitors? 
Dante Martin, I think, is one. And and then there's another one. Oh, Andrade and Rush. Andrade and Rush are also competitors, and they're a tag team as well. So Dante Martin is the odd one out, and there's a joker. Uh, what we do know is that Dante Martin has a brother. His brother was in a car accident a few months ago. And, you know, there's a joker waiting there. I think it might be Darius Martin. It might be underwhelming. It might be something that people don't want. But I'm going to say Darius Martin just for the sake of not disappointment. Just not setting myself to disappointment. So, yeah, Darius Martin is my pick for the joker. Uh Okay. All right, but, we got Swerve in our glory versus the Acclaim for the AEW Tag Team Champions. Who do you think is going to win, Swerve in our glory or the Acclaim? I think uh, this is a foregone conclusion as well. I think. I could see the world with Acclaim do win, but I think Swerve in our glory uh, is going to win this match. It's one of the first, you know, defenses. You know, it's definitely the biggest defense they've had so far. And I think they're going to win. So, yeah, um, I'm not really into this match. So, yeah, that's all I gotta, really got to say. I think Serving Our Glory wins. All right, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's the most likely glory, Serving Our Glory is going to retain. All right, we got Jake Cargill versus Athena for the TBS Championship. What do you got who's going to win, Cargill or Athena? This one is uh, an interesting one, not because I'm I'm interested in it. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a particularly good match. Uh, I, since the beginning of Jade Cargill's reign, have always said that Jade Cargill, you know, is gonna have nothing after she loses this TBS championship. So I don't, I don't know if uh, it's a good time to take it off of her right now. I don't know if it was a good idea to put it on her in the first place. But if she's gonna lose it, I don't know if Athena is that person. I I don't think they've built up Athena uh, to that level. Maybe you just put a strap on her and see if if, if it does something to Athena. But um, I really don't think that she's a girl to be beating Jade Cargill. So I'm going to have to say Jade Cargill wins this match and retains her championship. And I think we're nearing the end of this reign, but I don't think Athena is that girl uh, to take it after. So, yeah, I think Jade Cargill wins. Yeah, most likely, yeah. Uh, girl's most likely going to retain. I don't think Athena's not built up enough, so I see Jay Cargill will retain the title. All right, we got Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. What do you got winning, Christian Cage or Jungle Boy? I think this might be match of the night in terms of work rate. I, I'm really excited for this match. This, uh, this, you know, this building, like as in like the building for this match, like the way that they built this match has been great. You know, Jungle Boy has, you know, kind of came out of his box. You know, he's been more comfortable in promos. You know, Christian Cage obviously has shown that he's a legend and should be respected as well. And, you know, now we got to see how they they mesh in the ring, and I think they're going to mesh really well. I think there's only one good answer here. I think the babyface has to prevail. I think Jungle Boy beats Christian Cage and avenges, you know, himself from somebody who has insulted his father multiple times. I think Jungle Boy gets the win. Or Jack Perry, as he called himself last Wednesday. Jack Perry will win this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most likely Jungle Boy is going over Christian. Yeah, it's happening. 
All right, we got Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Who do you think is going to win, Jericho or Danielson? Um, I think I said this before, but I think uh, Chris Jericho is going to win. I think, uh, you know, I think I've said this before too uh, to you that uh, Chris Jericho surprises on pay-per-view matches. Maybe going into it, people are not, you know, kind of into these matches. Obviously, it's a Brian Danielson match, so people are kind of into this match. But also are apprehensive because it's a it's a Chris Jericho match, it's a sports entertainment match. But then you're in the match itself, and 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 you see, bro, Chris Jericho is just as much of a of a you know of a professional wrestler as as Brian Danielson. I mean, Chris Jericho comes from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He was brought up by Jim Cornette. He's 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 as professional wrestling as professional wrestling gets. But also, obviously, he took some shit from WWE that he learned in the 2000s, you know. But uh, he could he could bring that shit from the sports entertainment on TV and then bring it to the pay-per-view, bring professional wrestling to the pay-per-view. So I think Chris Jericho beats Brian Danielson and sports entertainment prevails against professional wrestling in AW. Yeah, most likely Jericho going over Danielson. So now we have the Elite versus the Dark Order for the AW Trios Championship for the whole championship tournament thing. Who you got going, the Elite or the Dark Order? So the winner of this match will be the first ever inaugural uh, Trios Champions. I think that this is also a match that is hard to predict. You might, you know, think that maybe the Elite, you know, being the, you know, the most established team, the most popular team, the people... Love this team, and Kenny Omega just came back. Uh, but the Dark Order are in a r- run. Adam Page is helping them out. There's some back, you know, backstage drama, but also there's, you know, that you know history between Adam Page, Elite, and and Kenny Omega. So um, I would have to say the Dark Order wins this in a big, great moment uh, for the Dark Order, and the Dark Order finally have a. Uh, have a you know something to kind of be a proud of and you know kind of dedicate to Brody Lee or something or just you know these three years were worth something they got their title finally and um, I think Adam Page and the Dark Order in a free birds free bird rule type of way become Trios champions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, good point. All right. Tony Star versus Break Grit Breaker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida for AEW's Aaron Women's Championship. Who do you guys think is going to win? Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, or Hikaru Shida? This one also is hard. Obviously, you have four people to choose from. Um, well, obviously, we got to remember that this is an interim champion. So, eventually, this champion is going to go against Thunder Rosa again. Um, I'm going to... Uh, this is a hard one to pick. But I'm going to say... I'm going to say that uh, Hikaru Shida wins it once again. I think Hikaru Shida is the one that's returning. Um, she hasn't been around for a long, you know. And Britt Baker is a former champion, so is Hikaru Shida. I think Hikaru Shida pins Britt Baker. I think that's what happens. I think maybe Jamie Hayter causes that to happen. And you can have a Britt Baker-Jamie Hayter feud, uh, you know, in the side in the future, and then Hikaru Shida is interim champion. Uh, 
she's just a great worker, one of the better workers in the women's division. So, yeah, I think Kikaru she's going to win. All right. Yeah, I think she is going to mostly going to win. All right, I'm going to do a quick second. I got to let the dog back out of the backyard, back inside. Yep. It'll be quick. All right, I'm back. All right, so what's left? The main event is CM Punk versus Moxley for the AEW Championship. Who do you think is going to win, CM Punk or John Moxley? Yeah. Um. So this one obviously is, I'd say tied for. Nah, I don't know. I think second, second most. Uh, you know, the biggest match that you're going to have this this weekend. It's obviously it has a lot of intrigue of the hardcore fans because of the backstage drama and the fact that CM Punk got jobbed out on, on Wednesday two weeks ago. Yes. Um, John Moxie now is a champion. He's been champion technically since, you know, whatever, June. I think CM Punk wins this match. I think CM Punk wins it in a fairly long match because John Moxie said that he used to be called the 60-minute man. man. Uh, and that he's not that guy anymore. Uh, either that, I'm going to choose CM Punk winning, but I could see a draw happening, a 60-minute time limit draw, uh, where John Moxley does retain. I and think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what I think. Uh, it's going to be a big, long match and has really a good potential to be great. So, yeah, that's what I think. But I have something on his take. I, I think CM Punk is going like, to win this match. I feel it because he will turn heel in front of in front of Chicago by low boy Moxley and hit his GTS to win the title. That that That's a hard thing to do, especially since he's in, in Chicago. But if he does that, I don't... You'd have to work the crowd really hard to, to try to support John Moxley in, against CM Punk. You, go, you know, like as it's it's hard for Chicago to stop chanting for CM Punk. Maybe at at the end after after winning, like in in the situation, after winning he cuts a promo where he fuck he like insults the crowd and all that. But uh, it'll be really hard. But I do really think that CM Punk is gonna win. Yeah, and most likely. Mm-hmm. So that was all our predictions. This is the Gasali podcast. We'll see all of you next Saturday. But coming coming up Monday, we will have the the pay per view review of AW All Out and Clash of the Castle on Monday. All right. Yeah. All right. See ya. See ya, man. <laughs>